Hello, welcome to Talking Transatlantic with Delina Kapari, who has just had breakfast in America. And just about to have dinner, or tea as he calls it, in Great Britain, Richard Wilson, in this podcast, is locked down at an end and celebrating freedom. Yes, that's right. Uh, the Prime Minister here in the UK is going to make an announcement about lifting some restrictions. Uh, Talina's dog is barking in the background. And yeah. Sorry, excuse <laughs> But the freedom which Talina was talking about actually refers to today being the day. Yes, victory in Europe, which was the start of the end of World War II. So how are you, Richard? I'm going to uh, stop the dog. Please. please. <laughs> oh, Talina, Talina's off to go and stop the dog. Uh, I, maybe I should just talk to Scott because we have our uh, special guest this week who calls himself a space lawyer, and his name is Scott Chikinski. Uh, close enough. There's a reason when I taught that I was just uh, Mr. K. It's long, ethnic, and hard to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Scott is my neighbor. And um, first of all, I would like to know, Scott, what is a space lawyer? Uh, it is... Uh, <laughs> Could you elaborate uh, a little more? Sure. Um, it's more what I put down as a goof of a title. Uh, when I... Did do law school as a lark, uh, <laughs> as you do. Um, I um, I wasn't really particularly concerned with um, actually practicing law. I was working as a teacher, so I thought, um, you know, might as well have fun with it. And uh, I sort of uh, went down the path of I uh, was working with. Um, I'd taken a bunch of like national security courses, you know, things like that. that I thought were interesting. I had no interest in being a tax attorney and. Uh, just for, you know, shits and giggles, we said, uh, I was working with the, the dean of the law school as doing an independent study with him. And I said, uh, what if I try to get a letter of mark and reprisal? Good trivia question. Anybody know what, one, what that is? No. <laughs> All right. So, uh, letter of mark and reprisal. We were talking about like kind of weird things that are still in the Constitution. Uh, back when the Constitution, you know, was, a th you know, uh, created, uh, we didn't have much of a standing Navy, right? And this is, you know, kind of true all, all around. Military spending wasn't really that huge. So what they would do, and this is not just the U.S., this is everybody, they'd say, you've got a ship and you use it for stuff. Um, if you put some cannons on it and we should happen to go to war with France or whatnot, if you want to start firing at them, totally fine. When we're at war, under color of law, uh, you will get whatever you get from it and we'll split it all up. The crown or whomever will take their cut of it. So it was essentially a way to uh, legalize pirates as your Navy during a time of war, right? So um, you may have heard of them called privateers, which was really just like a classy way to say that. Fun thing, the great powers, uh, they all signed an agreement at some point. This is going back ways. I don't remember. Uh, they said, we're not going to do that anymore because it turns out empowering people to act as pirates on the high seas has some unforeseen consequences, like <laughs> people acting like pirates on the high seas. Um, so anyway, the U.S. being not terribly different, we we had, you know, this is one of those things that uh, Congress can do. They can issue letters of mark and reprisal. We never got rid of it. It's still in there. And so every so often some lunatic uh, tries to uh, <laughs> sort of misuse it. I think Rand Paul was trying to like get issues of mark and reprisal issued to like send mercenaries into like assassinate Al-Qaeda people, which isn't even how you would use it. 
So we just said, you know, um, why not? And uh, I don't think he thought that I was going to go any more than like just academically with it. But uh, I had a friend who had a friend who worked at a yacht club and we tried to find some rich, crazy person to let me claim his yacht as my vessel of war. Uh, and so at a certain point, I think it was when I was trying to um, buy a, a, an anti-satellite gun from uh, the Chinese government, which it turns out is very illegal. He, uh, <laughs> he decided that, uh, you know, we should maybe shift the focus of it. So we started looking at what happens if we tried to get a letter of mark and reprisal for outer space? Yeah. Right, because uh, uh, essentially we don't have any rules for outer space. I don't know if you guys knew this. Uh, side note: the thing is, kind of, is this all kind of snowballed into? Uh, we created a, an organization called the the like private American Space Security Force or something like this, talking about uh, putting armed actors into low Earth orbit. This whole thing was done as like satire, you know, like this was a complete joke. And here we are in 2020, and they have Space Force. And I'm like blown away that this like stupid uh, idea of ours, like when the things that I suggest as a joke are actual policy of an administration is problematic, right? <laughs> it's just like where they kind of like try and shoot a satellite down with a laser from another satellite. Yeah. Is that, is that the space war? Is that where we're at with space war? Well, okay, so I'm going to... Uh, In a nutshell, Scott. Like, uh, so for the people listening, so... You know, <laughs> okay. Mark your reprisal. <laughs> All right, let me, let me pose to you guys a very weird little question that's going to explain why that is an insanely hard thing to answer. Okay. Where does outer space start? Up in the air. <laughs> well, it's hard to say isn't it? Because when does the atmosphere stop? Isn't it when it's... Oh, now. I know where the solar system ends. The solar system ends when the... Is it the solar winds or the gravitational pull of the sun stops or something so like that? You're thinking about it like a sane, rational, science-based <laughs> person, and you could probably get an answer that way. But as far as for the legal regime, right? So... Uh, as far as space law goes, uh, you have these five major controlling UN treaties and documents and a bunch of other stuff, but uh, most of it was kind of created at a time where we didn't want, you know, the U.S. and so Soviet Union, because it was that period, to, you know, be raining down death on us from up in space. So uh, <laughs> the problem was we didn't want to say where space started for these purposes because then we'd have to start enforcing these treaties. Right. So the let me roll it back to, to this. Um, one of the sort of big premises of like the, the international law regime for this stuff. So they use a uh, law of the open sea as like the analogy for a lot of it um, is, you know, if you are from a place where you can affect my country. Right. Uh, then that that should be about as far out as my control that goes. So if you look like international waters. Right. Hmm. All right, sorry, sorry. Okay, so okay, so we so you did have when you said space lawyer, you really are a space lawyer. See, but, my husband Dominic thought you just were drinking beer and were like, "Oh, I'm a space lawyer," but you do have a there is, there is reason. So, so, so I'm trying to get my head around this. So, international waters they start three miles out. Is that so, right? Uh, 
So, uh, so how it originally, way, 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 way back, this is the cannon shot from shore, okay? Right, I mean, it makes sense. Then it went to three, and then it went to like, it's about 12 now. As I haven't really looked at this stuff since I left law school. It turns out there's not much uh, commercial application for it. Um, <laughs> you know, if, uh, if the Death Starver needs a legal advisor, I'm on. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, as long as it doesn't start orbiting things. But anyway, so, uh, but yeah, so it was how far out could it reasonably be affecting my country gives me the right to control that area, right? Uh, so this is how far up you can, you can play. Yeah, and it gets weird, doesn't it, right? Because um, at a certain point, you know, we know that people's airspace, right? Like you can't just fly a plane over China, right? You can't. You got to, you know, yeah. get your flight path cleared. You got to write all this stuff. But... Uh, because, you know, you're flying through their airspace. So at what point does that airspace stop? Well, now, because we have technology that from, you know, particular heights, we can, you know, uh, we have keyhole satellite, right? Uh, so we could be spying on you from where you would traditionally think was outer space. Uh, so how does that work? Are we treating that under aerospace law? Are we in outer space law? It gets really, 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 really crazy. So where, where does space start then? Oh, yeah, oh, did so they not just, the question of the trivia. Did they not define it? Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, got, you know, we do have certain things. We have, like, low Earth orbit, which is where most of your uh, communication satellites are. And where it's getting kind of crazy with that is um, there, there weren't that many people who were putting things into orbit, right? But now, like, anybody can. It's really, there's, like, a whole industry where what they're doing is they're taking old ICBMs, you know, like, former Soviet states that just have them sitting around, as you do. And they're taking the warheads out of them, and they're using that to be able to launch satellites into low-Earth orbit. So, Ooh, really? Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but there aren't really that many rules about real estate in outer space other than you can't really have it you know there's this whole thing where mm. nobody owns the moon kind of thing you can't buy you can't buy the moon <laughs> uh, well you, you say that but i once got because um, no country can own the moon so Correct. apparently some clever lawyer uh <laughs> might have been scott um <laughs> said well i'll have it then and then sold it off so i bought my dad a plot of land on 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 the uh on the moon and it was it was very reminiscent of of the early sort of pioneers of, of the American West kind of <laughs> idea. <laughs> I think he's a lord on the moon or something crazy like that. I've just checked, though, that the International Space Station orbits mm -hmm. at 220 miles. Yep. That's how far they are. Um, and if anybody ever listened from anywhere other than the UK or America, <laughs> that's 354 kilometres. <laughs> See, we're in the metric system apart from... Miles. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, you guys. I didn't know we were actually going to be talking about this, so I'm trying to remember uh, things from. I mean, the last that I was <laughs> looking at this was like 2011. So it kind oh, of yeah, changed. Want, you know, it like, kind of changed. What a space lawyer is, but you, you know, give a nice detailed explanation, Scott. So. I thought it was good. And yeah. Uh, but. So, um, yeah, it, the, it's actually getting more and more interesting because um, everybody keeps putting satellites up there and they don't really have always a great way of getting them down. Which, which uh, yes. So, uh, 
you know, but anyway, it, it's going to get weirder from there. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, today. today is BE Day. Have you been celebrating in the States? <laughs> um, well, not me. I just basically woke up because I had a baby cry until 3.30. So <laughs> um, haven't done any celebrations. But how about you, Richard? What's it like in the UK? Uh, well, it was it was destined to be like a big celebration, but of course we're all in lockdown, so <laughs> we we still marked it. Um, so we had at eleven o'clock our time, uh, we had Prince Charles. He's up in the in the royal state of Scotland, so uh, he laid a wreath there, and the bag, bagpipe guy was playing the bagpipes. So I love bagpipes. Did all that. Well, everybody like two meters apart, and then they had another thing at three o'clock, which is. The time when Winston Churchill announced to uh, uh, to the speech on the B on the BBC, saying that the war in Europe was over, um, and everyone in the UK raised a glass of something, and um, I That's raised nice. a glass, and I've been raising the glass since, so I've had a, had a few. Um, <laughs> so, so it's been nice, um, and then the kids homeschooling, which is not going well, they had to. Um, <laughs> They had to uh, uh, colour in like this, like Union Jack bunting kind of thing, you know, where it's the triangle shaped sort of Union Jack and all on a bit of string. So they kind of coloured a few of them in, and we strung them up in the garden. And we we're going to take a picture in front of it. I don't think they're really doing any celebrations, unfortunately, in the states, yeah. Scott. Well, you know, it's funny. You have think you seen anything? Be... I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think we can say it. I, I would hazard that the majority of Americans wouldn't have known what VE was a, uh, you know, uh, acronym for. Uh, that we're is not true. Good. We're not I didn't good know this morning until I turned on my Bing News. So, but you know, to be <laughs> fair, <laughs> that's right. really into it, right? Because, I mean, it's not like it wasn't, uh, you know, well, it was yeah. a pretty big day for the U.S., right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you see abbreviation, VE Day, Richard's, I was like, what? You know, we know yeah. full-on titles. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, um, of course, Berlin fell. German, uh, well, the Nazi Party surrendered, and um, uh, but the war was still going on in Japan. So it was a, a bit of time later um, when we got VJ Day, which is obviously right. Victory in Japan Day, mm-hmm. um, which obviously will have more significance for the, uh, the US because it was yes. obviously the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, which uh, which brought you guys into the war. Um, yeah, but so, we, don't, um, we don't really like focusing on how VJ Day <laughs> came about. It doesn't always look great for us. <laughs> you see, the thing is, though, is, um, you know, before America joined the war, mm. if America hadn't been there, we would have run out of stuff. I know we, we were paying for it. We only finished paying off about 10 years ago. That, um, but, you know, we got a lot of um, equipment and ships and stuff. From, the, from America. Uh, with the Lend Lease Act, it was uh, when your neighbor's house is on fire, you don't haggle over the price of the hose. But, <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> but, you know, what was interesting was this was still us kind of playing games to stay out of the war, right? Because we uh, we still technically were remaining neutral, right? Mm, mm. Until uh, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> so we're like, look, just because we're selling them all of the way. <laughs> making a bit of money, making a bit of money out of it. I mean, it wasn't, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the fact is that, um, and Winston Churchill actually in that said it in, in, in the speech we were listening to, which to play back, and it said, uh, you know, Britain was standing alone, Russia joined, and then America joined. But he said America, with their 
might and resources. Mm. So, you know, um, I'm glad you guys were there, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and hey, it's uh, really what kind of uh, people always forget. And I guess maybe it's somewhat relevant since we've got the uh, new, uh, they're going to have to come up with a fun term for the, the wow. new economic crash that we're going through. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> people, uh, World War II, of course, you know, terrible right but it was actually one of the things that sort of drove industry back out of the depression right yeah Um, totally so well you know in in times of war Mm. advancements are made it's just a shame that it has to be a war which which brought that around but yeah it did and um it's uh uh i mean well the uk suffered a lot after the war because well the uk was bankrupt but it it was, um, yeah, I can I can see what you mean about it. It got industry moving again. Well, it's it's interesting because we were talking about it, um, you know, like a lot of the stuff, and you, you're probably very familiar with, you know, like 1984, right? Uh, and, and one of the things about that book that I think, uh, at least on the U.S. side, that always gets sort of misunderstood is it was less um, predictive and more, you know, it was really, it was supposed to be called originally 1948. It was, you know, about uh... post-World War II. Britain, right? I mean, look at the guy's first name, right? Main character, Winston. Uh, he's described mm. as bombed out. Billy. So there's this whole thing. But, uh, you know, a lot of the theories in that, where they were talking about uh, sort of having to keep this uh, uh, in- infinite war going, uh, essentially to to drive industry. Uh, I was reading this fascinating paper uh, that at one point, because of how we've, we've moved to fighting war, because we're not, uh, you know, blowing up thousands of tanks and thousands of planes, whatever, it actually is no longer the sort of overall boon to the economy that it once was, right? Uh, which I always thought was really, mm. I, mean, I think it's a good thing. Not that like, you know, I'm particularly um, conspiracy minded that there's somebody sitting around going, well, the economy's not good. Let's blow some people up. I, I'm not suggesting that that's necessarily whatever, but no. I think anything that takes the motive even further off the table, you know, is a good thing. Yeah, well, the, our kids—they're quite young, and they were—they were struggling to understand it, um, which is, you know, obviously a good thing. But, right. Um, but they asked how many people died in World War Two, so I wasn't quite sure, and I googled it. Yeah. And it was um, seventy-five million. Seventy-five million. Oh my god. With at least forty million of that, civilians. Mm. Um. Uh, obviously, there was that. Terrible genocide and, and things. So um, it's uh, yeah, it kind of it, it puts it, it it puts things in perspective because um, with all this talk of, of lockdowns ending, and I know uh, Georgia with the first kind of um, announced opening loads of businesses and things, and even got criticism from President Trump, which is quite something. Um, yeah. Uh, but it kind of puts it in perspective, you know. What I mean, this is hard. What we're going through now, but it's nowhere near as hard. As it's not that through. bad compared to what it could be. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but that sort of uh, philosophy can get interesting because theoretically, if we just imagine the worst thing we can think of, and then, well, then nothing can be bad in comparison to it, right? It, you know. Uh, so, I think that there's a point at which we kind of lose our perspective on the situation. Uh, what What's kind of uh, you know, they've talked about sort of over and over and over again is, um, so like right now, uh, the CDC is saying something like, I, I want to say it's like 75,000 US deaths. Um, 
Great Britain. I know, uh, I think UK is number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's thousands. a correlation because, uh, you know, we're not just talking population size because of how we approached it. Uh, well, but, in New Jersey, over 8,000 people have died. And That's just in small state of New Jersey. So. Sure. And, and what's more interesting is those numbers are really off, okay? Now, I'm, I'm not going to pontificate on this too much detail. I'm not an expert on it. I'm not a medical person. But I can tell you what we're hearing, you know, if you, you know, read enough articles on it, why they think it's off is, you know, first off, there was a lot of people who were not necessarily getting tested, right? Yeah. So we didn't, if you didn't have tests going around, you've got a corpse, you can say, well, we can, you know, test a live person or we can test this dead person, see whether... Well, that is dead when you're in the midst of an emergency. They're doing triage with ventilators, right? So they missed a lot of things on that. Uh, you've got where it was a contributing factor uh, in a lot of other ones. They were talking about people who never made it to the hospital, so they were never in that scenario. One of the numbers that I think you really want to look at to get a better idea is what they call the excess deaths. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, yeah? Uh, it's very simple. They take this point in time last year, this point in time the year before, this oh, point yeah. in time, whatever. Right. Okay. And then they look at how many people have died and, you know, essentially deaths over excess is probably a little more uh, telling. And one of the factors I would even build into that, that I think you're not thinking about is not only do we have more people, you know, a significantly higher number of deaths over, but like, what are things that drive uh, deaths normally, right? Like car accidents. Well, how many of them are there if we're all quarantined yeah. up? So if you've got some of these major factors being pulled out because everybody's staying home and we're not doing stupid things and dying in accidents and whatever, and even with that, we're still seeing a really large spike, that's telling us we're probably looking at a, a lot more sort of uncounted for ones because we don't have uh, that with the testing. Uh, you know, all that being said, uh, on the plus side, one of the things that they have talked about is that it turns out it's been around a lot more and a lot more people had it. So your uh, denominator is significantly larger for the fatality rate than we've been thinking. And that's mm. good because mm-hmm. you guys remember initially they were saying like, you know, you were hearing anywhere from like two to four percent fatality, like really like crazy high numbers. The way yeah. non-perishable. Right. And so now uh, we at what? least know that the number is a little bit lower, but... Oh, no. By the way, when Celina just said non-perishable, that was her giving instruction to her husband of what to put in the fridge from their shopping <laughs> delivery. <laughs> just to clear that up. But, uh, no, I but said she- put away the non-perishable because that's why the dog is so, Because we have a newborn, so I uh, refuse to go to the grocery store, so we're just yep. eating delivery when we can. It's working from home. This is what happens when you work from home. But, um, uh, but yeah, going back to it, Scott, I mean, that's totally true. It's... Um, Testing can tell us how many people who have been tested who have it, right. but the number of people having it is, it could be a mul- multiple, you know, of, of, of more than two or three even. I mean, that's well, just, who knows? And to complicate things, uh, fortunately, it doesn't look like they're getting uh, false positives, but it does look like there's a pretty high rate of false negatives with the test. So I know for a while the protocol was they were trying to do like two negative tests. You know, um, which right. uh, so you know, I, I hopefully that's getting better. I know that they were saying, uh, and then the um, the antigen tests are going to be uh, coming out. So anyway, I don't want to. You know, I was just making fun of Doctor Phil 
uh, my wife and I were making fun of Dr. Phil and like, uh, you know, who you know that is Richard, Dr. Is, Phil. Is this, the, is this the, the, the guy, the, the chief medical officer? No, no. In fact, he has a television show. Oh, right, right. Because the guy who's the medical officer is a good guy, isn't he? Is he the one Brad Pitt impersonated? Oh, Fauci. Yeah. No, he's great. Yeah. No, so, but Dr. Phil was going on uh, like uh, basically anywhere he could be in front of a camera because, you know, he's not the guy who said, This is a mad disease. Don't worry about it. That's not him, is it? Uh, uh, even I don't know if he said that specifically because you put that twang on it. I'm assuming you're impersonating him. So probably. <laughs> I tried to. Yeah, he, he does that for all Americans. That's his American accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than you know, like the the bad American accent I always hear uh, is where they just do like John Wayne by way of California. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, love it. You know, <laughs> well, no, where they, you know, they talk like this because I don't know why. It's this very strange. It's uh, and whenever I hear somebody do a right. bad American impression, it's never right. regional. It always sounds like they're always talking like this, as if you know we're all just John. You know, it, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, anyways. So, doctor, what did Doctor Phil say then? Oh, yeah, wait, back to back to Doctor Phil. Dr. Phil said, I'm not getting enough attention paid to me in a pandemic, so I'm going to go on TV and talk about shit that I know nothing about, and because it says doctor in front of my name, I guess people listen. So, yes, that, it's like that Scottish lady, remember? The one, the health lady who... Oh, the, the woman who used to look at people's poo. Yes, the poo lady. And she could say things, Scott. This woman looked at people's poo, and she had a doctor. She got some certificate, and then they realized... She's not a doctor, and she got this talk shit. Like, she had her own show. Yeah, you look yeah. at people's look at the food, food the and show, then told it? them what they should eat and not eat. But did they what look at the food on the show? Yeah. They, and like, she analyzed poo. Oh, look at <laughs> Harry. Harry has come to join us. We had a little family breakdown earlier. Everybody fell out. Oh, hi. But it's okay. It wasn't Harry's fault, but he's come to say hello to Daddy. Yes. Um, Hello. Did you the Xbox? Oh right. What we did is I unplugged the Xbox so we could watch. Because I was trying to put the VED, the VED, the VE, <laughs> the VE celebration things on on the BBC, and Harry kept putting the Xbox on and cutting it out. So I unplugged the power supply. Go and tell Mummy she just needs to put mm. this power supply in. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Turned off the Xbox. Nah. Hang on, here's the door shutting. Hang on, there's the door. Yeah, so, so basically, what was that lady's name? But, it, but oh, yeah, Dr. right, Phil okay. Has a doctor in front of me. He has a television show. And... She had a t- t- uh, yeah. Should I say her name? I mean, it is fact. That... But how does the work is? How does this work as a TV show? Go back to the poop lady. Okay. So, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know I'm curious what her doc- Okay. Yeah. So, what so what she, what she did is people had, I don't know, the medical, you know, maybe they were a bit overweight or I, I'm not quite sure, but in every single program, she used to give them. Look at people's poop. Yeah, she used to give them an enema, right? And the yeah. camera come through a, a see through tube and it used to see the poop go down this tube. And used to come and Jillian McKee. Jillian, Jillian, yeah. Yes. So, um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then it used to collect, and then she used to look at it and try and work out what was wrong with them. She went on. I don't, I don't know if you do you know that program. Uh, Who wants to be a million? Not no. Uh, do you know that program? Um, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of rubbish. But anyway, she was on that, and they kept voting. The public kept voting for her to do the Bush Tucker trial thing where they. 
I know spiders and yeah, yeah, yeah. the testicles off a kangaroo or whatever. And um, <laughs> they kept voting for her to do it because of reactions, because she was genuinely traumatized by it. You know, <laughs> so uh, live, live TV said, and the phone results are in. And doing the bush took a trial as Gillian McKeith. She fainted <laughs> live on air. <laughs> so let's go to a, an ad break because it was on commercial telly. And um, <laughs> and then I can't remember. I think she left the show after that. You know, there's uh, for a long time the only outlet to get um, you know British television in the US was PBS. We get mm. like um, you know all, all kinds of classic stuff. That that didn't make it on there. Yeah. No, it, I wonder it, why. <laughs> it was big in Scotland back in 2005. People were very, she even wrote a book about like what's in your poosh, you know. But uh, she played a doctor, but then she just had a doctor and they found out she wasn't a doctor. So back to your doctor story though, with Dr. Phil. You, you know, yes. What, yes you know, back to the, so what my wife was uh, uh, complaining about was that, you know, we shouldn't be, it's very hard not to want to talk about this stuff. And it's very hard to not want to, uh, uh, you know, Monday, m- Monday morning quarterback it, you know, uh, I know so little about sports. I had to check. I'm like, yeah, they play football on Sunday. So Monday works. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's okay, Scott. You no, know all about so, being a lawyer in space. So you got it. And, you know, it kind of uh, encourages us to sort of uh, form opinions on things we have no reason to have an opinion about. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't want to contribute to the death of expertise uh, by like weighing much with like, you know, um, off the cuff statistical analysis things. I, truth is, I don't, I don't know anything about this stuff, but uh, then we're all just sitting here in the dark and that's terrible. So we, we've kind of busied ourselves by validating our completely non-expert opinions on stuff. You know, I've... that is exactly why Selena and I got proper experts in to talk about the virus. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, hang on. I'm going to shut the door again. Hang on. Uh, I'm going to get more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, okay, I think this is a good time to go to the news. So, Talina, yeah. what, have you, uh, what have you seen out there? Uh, well, I thought this was interesting. Um, first, uh, what do I have here? Uh, Shanghai Disney, uh, Disneyland is going to reopen on May 11th, but access to the park will be limited to less than 30% of the 88,000 guests and everyone will have to wear a mask. But what I, yeah, but what I thought was interesting about this is that usually you have all these lines, queues for the rides. Now imagine if you go to Disney and it's only 30% of the people. I don't have to imagine that. Because when we go to um, Disneyland Paris, which we were supposed to do next month, and I don't think it's going to happen, but um, you, when you stay in the Disney hotel, you get an, uh, two hours free. Well, not free, but two hours every morning where only people staying in the hotels are allowed in the park. So you, <gasps> oh, I didn't know that. That's nice. Yeah. So I think it's from like eight till 10 or whatever. Um, and it's, it's a really good idea, unless you're married to my wife, who then kind of becomes a sergeant major and almost like blows a bugle and makes us all get up. Come on, everybody, breakfast, breakfast. We're going to get to the park. We're going to get on all those rides. And so we go around, do all the rides, and then and then, kind of a relaxing day-ish after that. Um, but um, but it is, it is ironic, isn't it? Because um, China have obviously actually 
really controlled. They've, I mean, it originated in China and they've, they've, they've kind of controlled it really well, you know, big lockdown early on. But they're the ones opening up Disney first. So that, that's exactly. I mean, I think I would go to Disneyland if it was only 30% with a mask on. You've just got to get there. You've just yeah. got to get there. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, Scott, have you seen you anything might, in the news? Anything interesting uh, in the news you saw recently? <laughs> Well, so this was, if we're talking the lighter side of things, uh, so you guys have been uh, following the Supreme Court, nothing about which other than this story has been funny. Uh, they did oral arguments over uh, whatever, Zoom or something like this, and somebody did not mute their mic when they uh, relieved ah. themselves. Ah, no way! <laughs> was, it, was it a number one or a number two? Well, uh, all they heard was the flush. <laughs> oh, but still! Oh. <laughs> That right. is amazing. I love that. I just have to change it real fast. Because so well, uh, it's interesting. So the Supreme Court doesn't um, allow, you know, cameras inside the building when they're in session. So the fact that they were doing this was kind of like a big uh, breach of etiquette and, and whatnot. Uh, and I think, you know, they've got to sort of be going, well, yeah, this is exactly why. This is why. <laughs> yeah. Um, Prime Minister's questions is always on a Wednesday morning. And... Yeah. Um, and like the House of Commons is 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 really packed. I mean, you couldn't get all the UK MPs into mm-hmm. um, into the House of Commons at once. Really, um, you know, they have to really squeeze them in if they ever need yep. everyone there. So it's a really crowded place. So obviously now they've introduced social distancing. You've got only got a handful of people in, and other people are uh, like skyping in. Yeah, yeah. So um, they. Um, so, the, uh, and it's actually become really civilized because the House of Commons <laughs> in the UK is not normally a civilized place. It's like a cattle market. You know, I love, I love the clips. It's like you know, you've got <laughs> essentially the British Don Rickles, you know, <laughs> saying absolutely horrible things, you know, <laughs> to each other. Um, you know. <laughs> if you'd like to explain why his ass is so far up his, uh, or his head is so far up his ass to the distinguished chamber, you know. It's said very politely, but still. It is, it is. They always start with my honourable friend. I'd like to thank my honourable friend. And it's like, it's like a <laughs> passive aggressive way of speaking to someone. Yeah. They- uh, <laughs> I still remember, uh, this was a big like breach of etiquette in the US um, some years ago uh, during like, I think it was a State of the Union, uh, President Obama was speaking and some uh, member of the House of Representatives from Florida, because of course, uh, screamed out like you lie or something like this. That was it. It was just made an outburst. Hmm. You know? And here we were all clutching our pearls. It was terrible. Do you believe he did that? And um, I was speaking to because um, it was I think it was in law school or whatever. I saw a friend of mine who was British at the time. He's like, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else and you know even the Republicans were like, you better apologize for that. Do you believe he did that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's um. It is. It, yeah. It, it's a rowdy place. It really is. But it can be fun watching, I suppose. Uh, one thing I saw in the news um is um Adele has lost a load of weight. Do you know okay. who I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. They were all talking about it was her birthday and she's. Yeah, it was her birthday yesterday. She's thirty-two yeah. yesterday, and she stood she- there. I mean, she. she it, I was like, no matter what, I'm a different woman. Well, yeah, because people have been on the case going, Well, you were a really good ambassador for the plus size woman, and now you've done this. It's like she can do what she likes, Mm. you know, and she's happy 
and she's worked hard for it and she's you know she she might be healthier i don't know um but um she really does i mean i was thinking is this the same adele mm. Yeah, she, she looks totally, totally different. Well, I also, also for the news, uh, Spyro, if you saw this today, how they are arresting tourists in Hawaii. First of all, you're, and yeah. So if you go to Hawaii, you have to be quarantined for 14 days. That so I have heard, yeah. Take advantage of being an island, sure. Yeah. That's a and long so holiday, I, that. Do you get the, so, do you get the holiday leave in America for that? No, you know I, mean? I don't think so. But <laughs> but what they're saying is that they want to change the room keys, like a lot of us. So if you leave your room, then you have to go back and you have to sign out, like to go someplace. But you have to sign a quarantine agreement, and so other people aren't listening, and so they're arresting tourists. And then officials are saying they might put like a bracelet on to know if someone comes in if they tagging tagging them. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess like are people going to Costco or whatever they're trying to go out and stay on the beach, but Hawaii also like has the lowest amount of deaths and coronavirus. Like it's, there's like only 17 deaths in Hawaii, and oh yeah, it's 626 coronavirus cases, which is nothing compared to the rest. Of, you know, at least you know the rest. I keep wanting to go back to. Are you guys familiar with uh, XKCD? I'm not. No. It's a it's, it's a cartoon by this guy. Um, oh, I'm sitting in front of a computer. Why do I keep searching for things? I should be. I should be actually. <laughs> I, I do that. Making myself yeah. seem very smart that I remember all of this stuff. Um, uh, Russell Monroe, I think, is the guy's name, and he used to be a, a NASA engineer. But he writes a comic strip now. But uh, he did this book where. Uh, um, Essentially, people would ask him like these insane physics questions, and he'd sort of take it out to like you know uh, the nth degree and do the calculations. Like, what would happen? You know, like uh, so somebody asked, I think it was like, from how high up would you have to drop a steak for it to be cooked from the friction all the way down? And I, um, it, was, it was a really good book, and I had uh, read it. And somebody had asked him if everybody stayed in like a hermetically sealed you know, single person cell for like, you know, 14 days, we get rid of, you know, the flu forever. And he went through oh, yeah. all the stuff on it. And I thought this is really interesting. I should remember the answers. And I do not at all. But I remember <laughs> I read a thing about it, which is almost as good. Well, I think, how do you have the money to stay in a hotel and quarantine yourself for 14 days if we're going on vacation? Doesn't that yeah. seem odd or very, very expensive, especially in Hawaii? I mean, who still wants to go on vacation now? I think, you know, we've been talking about this um, with, with reopening. Um, my wife said something interesting. just talking about, like, lifting the restrictions on it. And she said, that's not really what's keeping me in the house now, is it? You know? I mean, even if they said, oh, yeah, yeah, go go outside. We don't care. Cough into each other's mouths. Do whatever you want. We wouldn't – we'd still feel like we wanted to uh, mm. be more contained. Right? Yeah. I mean uh, – you know, I, so I wonder, even if they reopen it, certain industries aren't going to come back immediately. No. Uh, who's who's going to go sit in a movie theater right now, right? Um, yeah, so. I mean, the anxieties will, will last a, a, a lot longer than this uh, lockdown. Um, and that's one of the concerns is the uh, impact of mental health. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to... I, I think there are some possible bright sides to it. And I don't want to be somebody who's like, hey, isn't it great all these people are dying? Of course it's terrible. No, of course not. But um, there is something to be said that, uh, you know, we don't want to be, you know, Luddites. We don't want to be like smashing the looms over this. Uh, there have been some positives where when we lose some jobs, 
they're going to find their way back through new technology, right? So uh, as we move more towards all this remote stuff, uh, there will be essentially we're being forced to to change how the economy works, right? And we can be smart about it, hopefully. Um, but I think there's just certain things that are not ever going to go back to normal. Like they were just saying, uh, I forgot which government office, but they finally went to you know working from home, or whatever. It's so like something like a 25% increase in efficiency. So mm-hmm. you know, it'd be silly to sort of expect people to just go back. Um, as <clears throat> yeah, I think we could see some some permanent changes out of this, and. Yeah. Um, now that people know they can work from home more, a lot of offices are like, we'll get smaller space. Like, why are you paying for all this space now that we can do mm. Zoom meetings? They're yeah. seeing like, we don't need all this. Like, you know, Talina, somebody on our block I was talking to actually sells office furniture. And so he's just like, well. <laughs> oh, but there goes my job. Yeah. should just buy, buy shares and Zoom. Sell up, buy shares and Zoom. So you know who's doing great right now? these uh, basically drive-through pet groomers because they have their bands and you leave your dog outside. Oh, uh, yes. This yeah, is what happened in the previous podcast. They came and picked up Selena's dog, Hoochie. Yes. Yeah, I never <laughs> met her. I just put Hoochie in the porch and some lady in a mask comes, picks him up, and he's outside in the van. But, uh, uh, but she's doing great. She like It's like getting a hair appointment in New York City. Like You had to wait like a month because she was that booked. For dogs. You know, Monks, uh, my kid, he hasn't had a haircut in like a couple of months. You think if I just uh, leave him outside, somebody in a van will come pick him up and take care of that? Yeah, I, I was saying <laughs> I the same thing. I, our youngest, uh, Harry, he never likes, he's never liked a haircut, screams to play stand. We have to take him to this kid's hairdresser where they put him in like, like a go-kart. And yeah, then yeah. raise that up and cut oh, the hair. Really? <laughs> and, um, and it, you know, and it's, it's a good thing to do. And then you watch his videos while they cut it. And um, so, uh, so his hair's always been like that because we can't bring ourselves to keep going to the hairdressers with him because it's such a trauma. And um, our eldest, Alex, and he's got like this kind of like blonde hair and it's really long now. He's starting to look a bit like Luke Skywalker in the first Star Wars movie. (laughs) The hard thing is, 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 having structure to your day when you're just at home all the time and um you know my my record at the start was was two o'clock before i'd actually um in the afternoon before i got got a shower and sorted um it's still two o'clock but it's two o'clock two days later so it's like 48 hours plus of um of just like waking up throwing some because you have you know it's with me got kids you just kind of wake up throw some clothes on start sorting them out and it's like bedtime you go oh i never had that shower we were we were talking about it and we were saying it's uh, it's good that we have uh the kid because i think it's kind of forcing us to have a little bit of structure to the day you know because yeah. kids have their schedules uh unfortunately you know right now so my wife's job doesn't uh, allow her to have terribly much flexibility as far as her availability during the day because they've got a lot of meetings of whatever so uh i now have to get up at four in the morning every day to do as much of my work as I can before the kid wakes up. Cause I have to watch them all day. Uh, so that has been, um, that's been interesting. Because uh, my work wife, my wife works for the NHS. So she's okay. still going in um, going into the hospital where she works. Yeah. So I'm doing my job and looking after the kids. Um, and I'm, um, uh, Well, it's kind of like working out, well, but I don't have to start at four in the morning to uh, <laughs> to get my work done. Um, but 
but uh, but it's not easy, you know. Homeschooling is really hard, mm-hmm. um, and um, finding time. I mean, the other day I was in a, a meeting, um, and so I put my laptop in the kitchen, and we got on Zoom, and um, and then Harry just like <laughs> opened up proper tantrum. Oh dear! First of all, I made him the wrong pasta, so t- <laughs> and then and then he went in the teller. And then he yeah. wanted to eat it out of the jar. Oh, I just went on and on. I'm trying to have this meeting at work. Luckily, the all, all the other people were parents, um, yeah. and some a couple were actually grandparents. So, so you know they they told you the stuff, but it was oh, it was embarrassing. I uh, yeah, I, I'm really regretting that we were encouraging him to talk. <laughs> you know? yeah. Now uh, everything is him yelling for waffles. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's his. That's what he says. Waffles. Yeah, that's his. It's his favorite uh, right now. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, you know, it could be worse, right? Yeah. I mean, the coronavirus is horrible. But one thing I have been really fortunate that I have now, instead of Dominic, my husband, you know, traveling, taking two hours to commute to New York, he's here those two hours, and with a newborn, that's huge. Like, right, just yeah. to get some extra sleep, feed her, change a diaper. Oh my goodness! So because before it was just right. me, and I'm like. Oh my god! Like, and he'd have to leave at five in the morning to get to an office by eight thirty. So mm-hmm. now he's here, and I'm like, "Oh, this is great." But yeah. Scott's wife and uh, my husband were on like the same kind of schedule. Like when they're doing their work, they have like right. so like. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Laura's just like that. It's like yeah. I'm doing work, whereas I'm like, um, you know, like spinning plates kind of thing. That's There's our the kids. That's good work. How we started this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so one of the things I probably mentioned this in the podcast is at eight o'clock every Thursday, people walk out onto their front drive, so I go out the front doors and they clap for the NHS, they clap for mm. about two minutes. Yeah. And this has been gone for a couple of months now. So we go out and I've really started to, 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 to see these things like nobody nobody wants to stop first. <laughs> so everyone's clapping. Tired, away. they don't want to clap anymore. Yeah, and then, yeah you don't want to clap. New York, but not in Jersey really, right? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's that fun. There's a term for the um, the phenomena. It's kind of like uh, if anybody proposes building a, a, a war memorial, right? Nobody's going to be like, now nah, we've got enough of those. Even though if you may, right? No one yeah, feels no. good going like, ah, another one? Really? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I looked it up a while ago. There's an actual term for this. And I forgot what it is. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine you were like, um, you know, because you can't quantify that. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I think they earned 30 seconds of that. Time. How, many, how many people did you save? All right, let me just pop that into the calculator for a second. Uh, uh, all right, 48 seconds. That sounds about right. Do better next time. Because okay. <laughs> yeah. you know? um. <laughs> some people come out. Um, our neighbor, she um, she she brings out um, a, a saucepan and a wooden spoon. So she bangs that. I think that's a much better idea because it's loud and it, it's, um, and it kind of fills the street. And it doesn't hurt your hands <laughs> clapping well, so long. I don't know if they're doing this in the UK. So this is interesting. So if it's someone's birthday in our community, the police and the fire trucks come. And so there's sirens and everything. Now, well, before, if you heard sirens, yeah. the pandemic, you'd be like, oh, no, what's happening? Now you hear them. And you're like, oh, it's someone's Somebody's birthday. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been a massive thing over here. It happens in Wales, in some uh. village in Wales. Um, early on, um, I think it's more of a small, 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 small town thing. Yeah. Say Scott. <laughs> if, if we were mentioning uh, news stories, I think just to have you, somebody sent me what has got to be, uh, I think, possibly the most 
British news story I can think of. Uh, so you're familiar with uh, Brian May? Brian May from Queen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's apparently injured himself in a moment of over-enthusiastic gardening. <laughs> That's hilarious. He tore a muscle in his butt. Uh, <laughs> you know, just, yeah, guitarist for Queen injures self in garden, over-enthusiastic gardening accident. <laughs> That's the, um, you know, the, the joke band Spinal Tap. Yeah, of course. And then I've seen they had, live. They've seen them live? Yeah, every like 10 years they had to do something as part of like their contract to maintain like royalties from the film studio. So I saw them at Carnegie Hall in... Um, I don't know, it was 2000 and something. Wow. Well, that's, they, they, because they kept going through different drummers and one of them was killed <laughs> apparently in a, in a bizarre gardening accident. <laughs> <laughs> so now fiction has become fact. Yeah. In other words, he choked to death on vomit. We don't know if it was his or not. <laughs> yeah. like, you can't dust for prints or anything. I'm trying so hard to not do any, um, you know, because when you're retelling it, you want to do the voices, but I'm like, no, yeah. I can't. Can't do it right because now. apparently <coughs> the um, the bass player in Spiral Tap is called it's called um, it was called Derek Smalls or something. Correct, Derek Smalls. And um, that actor is the voice of um, Mr. Burns in The Simpsons. He's the voice of uh, Homer. There's a few. Is he the yeah. voice of Homer as well? Yeah. Uh, oh God, uh, Doctor. I, I had the list. Yeah, Harry Shearer. And he just released an album as Derek Smalls. I see that. Yeah, hold on. Let me pull up the the title here. Oh, and uh, Scott, I told Richard that you had a band, oh, the yeah. Rat the Bob, and you made that great song about you who chocolate milk. I think you should tell our listeners that. That's really that, funny. That thing is all the Americans. So you know, you who I don't think you get in the UK, right? Um, now I didn't think it did, but now you've just said it again. I'm going to have to do a little uh, uh, you who. Well, the, the premise of the, so, oh God. So this is song, funny though. I just think it's hilarious. The premise of the song is really kind of about how terrible it is. It's like, it's the, the chorus is, uh, so you're drinking it, right? And you're like, oh, it's chocolate milk. But they can't legally call it chocolate milk. It has to be called chocolate drink. So I'm like, but you look at the ingredients and there's some milk in there. And you're like, it's milk and it's chocolate, but it's not chocolate milk. And that's the chorus, right? And <coughs> the stupid song. It ended up actually on the Yoohoo website, and I thought, well, this is kind of fantastic, right? Because they were trying to have street cred at the time. Yoohoo was sponsoring all these like um, music festivals and whatever, so they had a whole page of bands that sing about Yoohoo. And I'm thinking, <laughs> so they haven't even realized, like, the chorus of the song is literally about how, oh my god, you can't even call it chocolate milk, but sure, go for it, why not? Um, yeah, that was when we were in high school. Oh, that stupid, stupid thing. And it got, um, you know, it was this weird thing, it got. People actually like knew the song. They had no idea who we were. Uh, it's strange to peak at 18. Nothing I do will ever delight people to the same extent as that stupid song. So do you still get do you still got royalties? No, nah, it never it never got anywhere like that or anything. But um, you know, it's uh, so just the whole of America know your song. No, no. But no, I just know a song. He said, well, I just thought it was a really cool song when that I was like, this is awesome. Because anytime, anytime I show, think it is chocolate milk. You don't know it's not chocolate milk. Anytime I show anybody any new thing that I've ever done, they're always like, yeah. Are you gonna do something else with Yoohoo? <laughs> <laughs> so ugh. But you can sing Britney Spears and Pig Latin, right? 
Uh, it was uh, no, it was some Taylor Swift stuff. Yeah. Oh, Taylor Swift, you pick on. <laughs> well, you, you you did what with Taylor Swift? No, <laughs> no, no, no. We we wrote a song about stalking her though, which uh, <laughs> you know, and and at one section I think there's like a uh, 68 voices layered in like this uh, multi-part opera in Latin that's like the lyrics to shake it off. So <laughs> it was Latin, not pig Latin. It's actual Latin. Yeah. Well. It's Latin by way of Google Translate, so. Love <laughs> it. I don't know that we've quite gotten there. Um, yeah, no, and uh, everybody really enjoyed me tracking myself 68 times, being somebody who doesn't actually sing very well, doing opera in Latin. It was it a was great experience all around. <laughs> well, there you go. So. Uh, well, that's all we have time for then on uh, Talking Transatlantic. And uh, I can hear you. Is that sparkles in the background? Yeah, sparkles, and she, she found a new toy. Woo! Okay, so you say. Uh, here she is to say goodbye. Well, thank you for uh, being with us. Thank you to Scott, our space lawyer, um, musician, and yes. general expert in a lot of things, actually. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> um, so if you want to get in touch, nobody has got in touch yet. Has anyone got anything to do to you? <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I'm at Richard W News on Twitter. Talina, what's yours? Now you're uh, at Tales with Selena, which I never check Twitter, but Facebook, yes, or Instagram, but I'll get on. Or we, when you get an email, uh, well, it's funny you should say that, Talina. We need a, a, a general email, talking transatlantic, and then they yeah. can do that. Not everyone. It is, it is funny you should say that, Talina, because there is, and it is called Talking Transatlantic at Outlook.com. Oh, okay. So there we go. So um, that is how you can get in touch if you so desire. <laughs> oh, okay. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Scott, for coming on our show, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Ah, yay!